da 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 da. This podcast is sponsored by dark chocolate, chocolate. dark chocolate and wine. Welcome, welcome. We're gonna talk about Stanley Kubrick today. Susie's like. Oh yeah, like Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> what is this guy? Like, who is this sketchy guy? bearded dude from the and, '60s, and, and why is he important? God, I'm like, I, I recently only found out Stanley Kubrick. Okay, I haven't seen the 2001 Space Odyssey. And Lee told me a lot of little stories that were very, very interesting that I think a lot of people don't know. Definitely, yeah, yeah. That we want to share today. When we're making the parody of the toast video, we made this like little long sequence in the middle, right? Right. One interesting part is like my sister was seeing our toast video. She left actually at the parody of the 2001 Space Odyssey. Then she was like, "Do you know what that scene is from?" And she's like, "No." But like she didn't get it, but she still laughed out loud. I thought that was amazing. She thought it was so dramatic for no reason, and that was in fact the message it sent out.、Mm. So it's not that we like 2001. Space Odyssey. No, we think Kubrick is amazing, but we weren't really thinking of doing that because of we wanted to make a parody. We wanted to make、mm. an homage. It was literally the, exactly the feeling we wanted and exactly the message will contain. I think that's why it was the right fit.、Mm. It worked out really well, even though people who didn't know 2001 Space Odyssey. It's just right in so many ways. Yeah, exactly. So it it works. Movies made after the '90s, where I'm more familiar with,、mm. they use a lot of techniques or jokes that already made in the '60s or '70s. So like, it's like kind of reused. It feels like, oh, it's new, but like I know it from a second version of it, but I just don't know the original about it. Right. So I mean, just for background, like today we're mostly going to talk about 2001: A Space Odyssey because it's probably his best known and most influential work. I know of the actual opening sequence、mm. because of it's really it's kind of、um, long. It's long. It's long. It's long because it's really, really, really epic. I don't think you have to know the pop culture reference. You know, I don't think you have to. What? I don't think you have to know Kubrick. I don't think you have to have seen his films. But I do think that there's like a few things that you have to keep in mind, and one of which is it. When 2001: A Space Odyssey came out, nobody had made visuals of space like this. 66 was、like、Star、what? Trek.、Mm-hmm. 63 was Doctor Who. And like, we didn't make it until the moon until. 69, and we didn't even like nobody had taken a picture of the Earth from space where you could like actually see what the Earth looked like until like 72. So when this movie came out, nobody really knew what space looked like except the people that had been there. There's a number of conspiracy theorists that are pretty convinced that the lunar landing never happened、mm. and that it was all just like filmed on a Hollywood set and that they got Kubrick to direct it.、Mm. Nobody was really sure what the Earth would look like, or other planets would look like, or what a giant space station orbiting through space was actually going to look like. Kubrick like made this thing that nobody was really like sure how they made it. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Because 2001: A Space Odyssey was so believable. They were like, this, this, this is space. This must be space. In 2001: A Space Odyssey, one of the reasons why he used the Strauss Blue Danube waltz, and the reason that they chose the classical music was not because he envisioned that originally.
because when they used to shoot in film stock, you couldn't immediately look at the footage that you shot. Mm -hmm. So you'd shoot it and then you have to wait for it to be processed in Telesina and then you'd look at it. So they did these big things with the whole crew where they'd look over yesterday's footage in a big room and then you'd write notes about this take was good, we need to reshoot because you have to confirm that what you got is good enough before you can move on. Mm. So they'd all get together in a room and look at this and one of the guys was falling asleep. And so in order to keep him awake, like some dude was like, I got some records, like why don't we just like put on whatever and maybe it'll help you stay awake. And so one of the things he had classical music, he had a Strauss album. So when they put it on and they were watching the big epic, epic dailies of the space International Space Station spinning and of the ship docking. It was the right music. It was the right music. And Kubrick was like, I, I, I think we, this is it. I think this is it. Am I going to be mad for doing this? But like, I think it's good. That was like coincident, but it totally worked. Mm. Yeah, it did. So I feel like on the one hand, you're talking about like digital is great because it has enabled so many people that never would have gotten to tell stories to tell stories. So we have such a better diversity of filmmakers mm -hmm. making such a wider range of films, which is fantastic. But I also think that there's moments like that decision to use the Blue Danube waltz that only happened because of this archaic practice that was the only way to review things now. Because we don't all gather in a room and look at the footage anymore when you shoot a film. Now we all do it separately. It's only the director and the editor. So maybe there's something lost in that opportunity. I don't know. Why do you like Kubrick? Like, he was definitely a pioneer. During this time, and we were talking about Kubrick's, and like she was talking about all the things, and she showed me a lot of clips about people. A lot of people write essays about him. So I saw his like clips, and like I saw in one point perspective. Mm. It was amazing. You know, you showed me like one like a Vimeo like a video about it, and I think. Um, those kind of he did a lot of shots that was just like perfect and he did a lot of great um, sets I think it's like so impeccable like nobody really does out, to, out there kind of um sets, sets elaborate sets yeah, wait elaborate a minute sets. uses Futura mm -hmm. one point perspective elaborate sets mm -hmm. does this sound like any other film director we know Wes Anderson da, 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 da. <laughs> I think we're going to have a whole oh my Wes God, Anderson episode. Oh my God, so many episode. things to say about Wes Anderson. That's another time though. Yeah. That's going to be like five episodes, yeah. guys. One, how Lee went to the same school as Wes Anderson. I totally went to the same school as Wes Second, Anderson. Second, the title sequence designer, Jessica Hish. Oh, Jessica Hish. We're a little <laughs> bit in love with Jessica, Jessica Hish. And three, all his like elaborate sets and actual like his color scheme is another thing oh yeah Wes Anderson color schemes we're gonna have to talk about that time that they made a chocolate and we tried to reserve it and we got turned away and mm -hmm. we were sad for a whole month mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but we're gonna talk about him later he's mm -hmm. such a great inspiration for every kind of creative out there I yeah. think yeah 
I don't think I will never see 2001 Space Odyssey. Because it's boring on a small screen. And Lee tried <laughs> to make me. I was like, it's in theater, Susie. Let's go see it. <laughs> Literally, she tried to trick me. And I was like, no. I called up my film friends. I was like, guys, 2001 A Space. And they, they were like, we're hands. in. Before I even finished the sentence. <laughs> they hold hands and watch. Three hours of boring Three space. hours of boring space. And then we got coffee and talked about it afterwards. <laughs> Any last notes? Any last notes? Oh, I feel like we've only scratched the surface with Kubrick. One of the reasons why I really admire Kubrick was because he dreamt really big. His visions were definitely... What was your phrase that you said that was so good? His visions were bigger than the tech could allow at the time. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he pioneered so much technically because he had such a big artistic vision. There's a really famous scene in 2001 A Space Odyssey called the Stargate scene, and it's basically when they go through a wormhole. Yes, that's my question. How do you think he made that? Maybe he had films? It was printed, like, and then just had, like, wheels, two wheels, and then just had, like, transparent films that had colored everything, and they just rolled it. It's pretty close. Boom! So what he actually did is he put a dolly here, right? Mm -hmm. And it was this thing that slid back and forth. Mm -hmm. And this camera on it. And then he put like two black curtains with a big hole in the center. But it wasn't like a circular hole, it was like a little slit. And then behind that slit was colored paper. Mm. Basically they drew on some like whatever they drew on. They drew some colors and stuff, some art. As they like moved the camera back, they moved the painting behind mm -hmm. it from side to side. Because they were moving the camera away, it like smeared the color. So it looked like they were entering the slit. Mm. And he did that for every single frame for a nine minute sequence. It took them like nine months to do it. And this is like before computers. So they, there was no computer controller. It was literally a guy with a piece of paper like moving it a fraction of an <laughs> inch. <laughs> oh my God. It's nuts, right? It's nuts. It's called slit scan because you're basically like scan. scanning the document and moving the camera and shooting it through a slit. So it's like while you scan, you, you slit. It's a slit scan. A slit. <laughs> Slit scan. Slit scan. That technology became so popular mm -hmm. that they used it in like Star Trek. Warp drive, Mr. Scott. When like the warp engine gets turned on and it goes into warp drive, that's mm. when they use slit scan. Or they used it as the like the Doctor Who opening. <laughs> After this movie came out, or it's like it was even used in Interstellar. The test like rack scene. Arti they used it. Art also art like artistic kind of yeah. thing as yeah. well, right? Like, he really pioneered like a new technological advance. But Susie, do you know what's so amazing about 2001 A Space Odyssey? Is it like, there was no CGI. CGI didn't happen until like years later. Pre-computer- CGI, computer graphics. Computer generated images. Okay. So how long did it take to make this movie? It took five years to make 2001 A Space five Odyssey. Five years? Can you imagine that? Like, okay, how many like Hollywood movies now that was produced after the digital camera mm. like came out, everything digital. How many actual movies take five years, right? Yeah. To make this kind of effects manually was just like time consuming, mm. manual intensive, and like it's amazing, I think. Yeah. 
how does a man like Kubrick have a vision that is so much bigger? He came up with the technique because he knew what he wanted to see on the screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how does he execute that? Exactly. It's Nobody talks about that part because it's hard to talk about. And so mm -hmm. I think too many people spend time talking about how he did this scene or what camera he used, but it's more than that. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of times all we do is learn the technique without the other half of it. Like we don't learn how to practice. Here's what I want to see. How do I make it happen? Instead, we just look at here's what I can do. How am I going to use it in my film? Hmm. Feels a little backwards to me. Only half of it is the technique itself. Half of it is how do I film this? The other half of it is when do I use it? It's really hard to explain when his technique works and when it doesn't. Mm -hmm. When it's appropriate to have that long dramatic shot where you actually see everything. Don't just have a long shot to have a long shot. Don't mm -hmm. use deep space to have deep space. I think it's more about where does it work in our story? And it works really well for that scene for us. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that all of Kubrick's techniques are gonna work for all of our films oh, yeah, or all of our all stories. Of the stories, yeah. Okay, so we read every comment and every email that we get. Yes. So I think it'd be really fun if we, we can have a moment where we actually like look <laughs> at some of the comments and you hear us actually react to them. Cool. <laughs> read it out loud, share with the class. What is the last song, question mark? I always feel like, I don't know, like use Shazam. The last song? I don't- Oh, the last song is the, is the Blue Danube Waltz. Mm-hmm. That's in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, I know. Strauss. So Strauss, I don't, yeah, sorry, <laughs> but like, uh, I don't, I don't think, why, I don't see a point <laughs> answering those kind of questions. Never saw this movie, sorry, but can't wait for the film stuff. Okay, here you got it, boom. <laughs>